and this is Frederick Uncut. We're talking about what you're curious about across the county with a new episode every Tuesday. Today, over the past few weeks, the nation turned its attention back to Anita Hill, revisiting her 1991 testimony in which Hill said she was sexually harassed by her then-supervisor and present-day Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, both at work and outside the office. Young women each have their own unique experiences in the early stages of their careers, some experiencing discrimination and others finding mentors and support through other women and colleagues. Today, two prominent young Frederick women share their advice for women everywhere who want to push past barriers and claim space for themselves in their fields. Okay, so um, we're here with Amanda and Karen, and I'm really excited to get this started. Um, you know, I was talking with you guys before a little bit about um, what it's like as a woman to enter a career, enter a workforce, and just kind of how that experience has been for you both. I mean, maybe you could both start with talking about your kind of early years, maybe when you were graduating and you were first thinking about what you wanted to do. Maybe you could start with you, Amanda. You know, what was kind of your thought process and experience at that early stage? I think that I had a unique experience uh, really starting out right into law school when um, I did graduate from undergrad, went into law school at University of Maryland, and really, it was a 50-50 split between men and women. And I think that I had a very unique experience when I exited law school. I went to private practice into an all-female firm. Um, I really uh, lucked out. It was two female partners with female associates, all the way from female receptionists. So I think that I had a great experience. And I started out having a really good structure and support system of women going into my legal career. And then I now am with the state's attorney's office here in Frederick. And again, Again, a very unique but wonderful experience uh, going into district court. We had uh, more women um, than men in district court, and we uh, they I really appreciate that opportunity um, with the state's attorney's office to have that. So I think having that support system from the start really helped me to kind of move through my legal career as up up to this point. Were you looking for that initially for uh, some kind of environment where you could be with mostly? Uh, women, mostly, you know, people who you're working with in the office. I actually wasn't intending to look for that specifically. It just happened to work out that way. I think that there, at least in Frederick and when I worked in private practice in Howard County, I've seen that, you know, there are a lot of women that have paved the path for me in terms of a legal career. There are so many, you know, women defense attorneys who have their own firms, so many uh, female judges on the bench um, who have really paved the way for, you know, women in the workforce. Um, especially in things like legal career. And it's not uncommon to see that anymore. And I think that that's really great for women coming into the legal um, profession. Yeah. And Karen, I want to hear from you, too, just hearing from the different, you know, fields and areas that women can work in. Uh, what was your experience like? So I'm in the agricultural sector. And actually, um, I think that it's kind of an equal balance as far as my classes and stuff. I actually went to University of Maryland, studied agriculture, and then I moved to um, Hood College and graduated from there, focusing on communications for ag communications. So I work for the Great Frederick Fair, and I interned there through an ag communications um, internship that I started with, which was a, a lady, like a woman's business. Um, but in the office, we're more, more women in our fair office, but we have maintenance guys, and um, our board is kind of split, um, not totally down the middle, but I feel like it's not as big of a uh, focus on women. It's, I don't see that there's any kind of gender differences in mind. Yeah. So what do you feel like the value is of just having, you were kind of saying like having lots of women around you? I mean, you know, for a lot of women, you know, it's not their experience to have um, even an equally divided office space. Um, 
you know, I think in like recent studies, we're seeing like that as women are earning more college degrees, that still isn't necessarily evening out when you're getting up into higher ranks in certain fields. But what do you feel like for you both? You said, you know, you're having kind of a, a pretty good balance and you're working with a lot of other women. What kind of value does that add? I mean, I think it's great having so many women in a profession. For example, being an attorney, I had no no one in my family ha- was a an attorney. I was the first one in my family to graduate from law school. So when I went out, you know, becoming an attorney by myself, I really needed a good support system to start. Um, and again, starting in an all-female firm really, you know, helped me with that. Um, I think with the state's attorney's office, too, it's just a great multitude of individuals, but also in terms of women. I mean, we have two female deputy states attorneys. We have states attorneys who are chiefs of divisions. We have assistant states attorneys as well who are female. Um, You know, and I think that it does provide an opportunity to have um, individuals who are helpful. Not to say, you know, I have, I would say our state's attorney is wonderful. He is always available. And um, I've been able to work on cases with him as well. Um, But it's just to have that diversity, I think, in the office is just so incredibly important um, from, again, you know, starting with receptionists to case managers to attorneys. I just think it's really helpful to have different perspectives. Um, I think that's just really important to have as you're moving forward. Um, But yeah, I believe that. And I've seen in my experience that, you know, women are helping women throughout, um, especially when you get into things like having families and things like that. Um, Advice is just really important um, at that stage. Do you agree with that in in agriculture and your yeah, I just have such a different um, yeah. perspective. Our our group, like I said, is so diverse, and there's so many mixed women and men that I don't say that either one dominates. Yeah. Um, we also work with, you know, over hundreds of volunteers and stuff throughout the fair week, and that's a pretty good mixture as well from livestock to the farm and garden and the household entries and everything that it's kind of an even split. I don't really see one way or the other, yeah. but all, having all different opinions in input is certainly what makes a great team so it's been really cool to have that experience with all the people involved what kind of volunteers do you work with i mean anyone from like farm to i I wish i had our our ag reporter in here right now but (laughs) what kind of volunteers are you are you working with most um our volunteers come from all over the community there some of them are more focused on the household entries as far as like arts and crafts and the food preservation but then there's the whole other side of all the farming industry Every livestock department has a superintendent or multiple superintendents that co-chair um, events. And so it's, it's kind of a, a wide range of people. And a right. lot of people that are involved in our industry and business have been doing it for generations. Their, mm-hmm. their parents or their grandparents or even more than that have been involved in our fair. This was our 156th year this year. So yeah. it's just a lot of people. It's a family tradition. It's and, a long history of tradition. Mm-hmm. And, and you see that you know, as it's being kind of passed down generation to generation, you see kind of it is everyone in the family. It's not just like there's a, a one male person who will come and be involved in the fair. You Certainly. really do see it as mm-hmm. kind of a family thing. Yeah. Yeah. And our, our whole event is family oriented. So you look out across the fairgrounds and most groups of people that are there are families. And that is certainly our goal and our hope. So. What about in your job, like day to day? Like, are you kind? Of, you're working to kind of organize and work with different volunteers and things like that. Do you ever feel like because you're younger or because you're a woman that it's more challenging, or is that not really true? Because I feel like you hear about that a lot in the news. I mean, you do, right? You hear about 
you know, women face these certain challenges, but is that necessarily true? And I think what's cool is that every woman has a different experience in her job. And it's not like every woman's going to come to you and say, I have this terrible story of sexual assault or I have this terrible story of just being, you know, facing some kind of stereotype or something like I feel like you're kind of saying for you, it's it's not as much of an issue, even though that is something that is in the news a lot. Yeah, I personally haven't experienced any of that. I think that they they view our our employees at the fair as individuals and not based on your gender, but based on what you bring to the table. And I think that everyone in our office, both male and female people on our staff and board, are very open to everyone's opinions and ideas. And even being young, I certainly came in and questioned some stuff or maybe challenged some stuff and introduced some new ideas. But yeah. everybody's been super um, supportive and into learning new things and moving forward together to progress with the industry and keep up with the times. Yeah, I think that's awesome that you said you kind of came in even though you were younger and you did have new ideas and you did want to make change. What kind of advice might you have for like a younger woman who has a lot of ideas and is in her whatever field it might be? Mm-hmm. How, how, how did you go about that? How can um, other women go about that, other young people? Um, personally, like just persevering and not giving up and believing in your mission of what you're doing. Like for the fair, our mission is ag education mm-hmm. at my home. I studied agriculture. I, you know, participated in FFA and 4-H. And so it's my passion and my, my like, I love doing it. I love what the fair is about. So just getting involved in any way. I started as like volunteering on an ag education committee um, and volunteering to help the school tours that come through from Frederick County Mm -hmm. and uh, get involved that way. And then I interned and then I worked there full time and uh, progressed into the position that I'm in now. But I think just believing in yourself and also paying attention to all those people that have been there. I think a lot of the challenges if you're new to a position, you shouldn't go in and act like you know everything right out the get-go. And I might have new ideas or questions, but I've never approached it in a, I think I know this better than you. Mm-hmm. Like everything that those people that have been there and experienced it and that have been in there for a long time, like several of the board members, just the contributions that they make and the things that they do on a day-to-day basis. And a lot of people, for personally for our business, most of the questions are, how do you work year-round? Because they don't understand yeah. how a nine-day festival would take a year to plan. But I yeah. can tell you that the fair ended a couple weeks ago. And we're already hitting the ground running for next year, planning themes, coordinating with the sheriff's department, fire and rescue, the, you know, the lining up the trash removal. And I mean, there's just so many levels and aspects that I don't think people realize, but it takes a, it takes a whole team. And I don't, I don't ever view it as an individual thing. Like, I I don't feel like I'm trying to change anything. And I feel like they've all helped me grow and become Mm -hmm. and learn what I've learned and get to the position that Mm -hmm. I'm at. And that's the value of having people who will really support you Mm -hmm. when you are kind of at those younger stages. But it sounds like you're saying, it's a balance of you can have your own ideas, but you're when you're maybe younger and coming into something, you really have to try to learn from, you know, have mentors, have people to support exactly. you, things like that. What about for you, Amanda? I mean, what are some ways that you would, you know, advise someone younger who want, want to be in a position like yours? I mean, I definitely agree with what Karen said. You know, never uh, burn bridges with people. You never know where your career is going to land. Um, you know, there's so many people who are willing to help you throughout your career. Just take advantage of that. Um, and I think the other thing, too, for um, people, you know, change is a very scary thing sometimes. And I can definitely give advice to people in terms of change. Um, when I went from private practice and I did family law and I 
started not enjoying it anymore. Um, And I had gone to school specializing in that particular type of law. So when I started not liking it, um, I definitely was scared in terms of recognizing the fact that I was going to have to make a huge change in my life and what uh, career that I wanted to pursue. Um, you know, and I was lucky enough to uh, be accepted as an assistant state's attorney here in Frederick, and it was a big change. It was very, you know, hard at the beginning to learn a new type of law, learn different statutes, um, legislative history and authorities, but there are so many people who wanted to help me from my past and present and then people in the future who have definitely helped me get um, to where I am today. But I would definitely say don't be afraid of change. If you're you know, not happy where you're at, definitely take that leap of faith and look for something that's going to make you happy. Um, and I can definitely say you know, it was a scary part in my life, but I'm so incredibly happy with where I'm at now. Right. And that's what Karen's kind of saying is how at the beginning she was really passionate, right? You were really, really interested and invested and your heart was kind of in that so it's interesting that you're saying when your heart stops being in what you're doing don't be afraid to kind of make a change and just how important i guess being that kind of passionate about absolutely no it can be incredibly scary for people to make a huge change in their life especially when it's you know with your career and something that you've worked hard towards Mm -hmm. um but there are people that will help you along the way uh, wherever you land and obviously karen and i are both you know, born, raised here in Frederick and have been able to see that in our community. And I think that, you know, I've just been very lucky with the people who have helped me get to where I'm at and who still continue to help me with advice um, moving forward. Yeah. And I also thought it was interesting that you said, um, you know, how you started off just volunteering. And maybe that's like if someone's interested in something, that's kind of the first you know way to do something I think when I was looking at being a journalist a lot of the internships and fellowships are completely unpaid and you kind of just have to really really want it and care about it um I mean do you would you advise something like that and did you ever have to do anything like that like some kind of I don't know like that early just to get experience just to maybe even like if you're shadowing someone if you're maybe just doing informational interviews like if you have an interest how are you kind of first jumping into that and even finding out is this something I'm really interested in what kind of advice would you guys have for that absolutely I think any sort of internship that uh, you can get involved in I uh, clerked when I was in law school for both judges as well as a pri- the private firm that ended up hiring me when I graduated um, and it get- definitely gives you a dose of what to expect in reality mm-hmm. um, when I started doing that for a couple of years I started to realize that it wasn't for me and that's when I switched to criminal law but I think that Absolutely. Being able to get a dose of that is really important. And I definitely see a number of internships. I know the state's attorney's office has internship opportunities for people. um, And people have been able to advance through that internship opportunity to be assistant state's attorneys or work um, with the state's attorney's office. And I just think that it it is really important for both sides to be able to expose yourself to that field. I agree. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that was kind of your first introduction to it right so any way you can get involved in something yeah so i and for the like from the fair aspect i've gone to the fair my whole life just as a visitor um my family was involved in different aspects of it and i think that a lot of it is like that's what that's what struck up my passion and interest in it and then i was willing to do anything just to be a part of it because i thought it was such a great event and i never would have imagined that it would have led me to my current position and being able to be part of that industry and that fair, um, it truly is like a big family. And I, I mean, I grew up on a farm, so I know 
like the hard work that goes into just the everyday of a farmer. But, it, you know, the fair is like an event to celebrate not only agriculture in the community, but for everyone to showcase everything that they do, like their pictures and their um, baked goods and all kinds of stuff. And I just think that that's such a cool thing to be a part of. And so any moment that I had to get involved in it, I wasn't even worried about the money at the time. Yeah, <laughs> I was just interested in learning and, um, you know, being a part of something that I believed in. And it just, I think that's how things happen is you kind of, not by luck, but I think that you're, if you're meant to be doing something in that field that you would find it. And I, I just never knew that the staff even had that opportunity at the, at the like personally at the fair. We have 240,000 people come through the gates in nine days and you just don't think about all the planning and yeah. the different departments and aspects. So, I mean, you think like, oh, it's just a fair, it happens. Like it's, it, you go to it as a guest and you're like, it's really cool when you go and it's fun, but you don't think about all the planning and like the year, like year of planning that goes into it mm-hmm. and all the aspects of it. And it's just cool to learn and, and grow and then find out ways that you can help make it better and yeah. something that benefits. Like I know your job is probably rewarding because you get to help people. Like ultimately you're helping people or doing mm-hmm. something for a cause for the community and that's a really cool thing to be a part of. Yeah, and I think it's cool that for both of you, you grew up in Frederick and you ended up still being here, you know, in your careers and just kind of what the importance of community might be there and getting support and things like that. Um, but it was interesting that you, I mean, you said you grew up going to the fair and you didn't know that this was even a job option. It's not like mm-hmm. you like went into your life being like, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. But when you're interested in something, you know, maybe good advice for a young person is if you really like something or you really see, you know, have a connection with something, talk to the people who run it, like maybe try to talk to, you know, anyone who might be involved in it who could be, I don't know, helpful in you figuring out what you want to do. But um Karen, you said, I know that you have always had a passion for the fair. I I wrote a story on you a (laughs) few years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, You said earlier in this interview that you you saw things that maybe you wanted to change or you had ideas when you came in. And you're talking about growing up, going to the fair and sort of having that history. Were there things that you knew you wanted to change when you got in? Were there like, I'd like to have this ride instead of this ride? Absolutely not. No? No. (laughs) No, because it's so different. Like when you when you just go and attend an event like that, and you have no idea about the planning or the aspects that go into putting it on, or the the magnitude of how many volunteers and people and true like truly how many businesses are partnering. We have over a hundred and some sponsors. Like you just don't realize the how big it is. And when I went to it as a guest, I would go and eat at JVC Food and Hemp's and Piggle, and like you'd go and get your favorite food, and you'd you know, maybe ride the rides, you'd go see all the animals. I had friends that showed animals and, but you never think about, I mean, in my, that my mindset wasn't like, how does this all get put together? It wasn't until I interned and saw some of the back, the background and the planning of it that I'm like, holy cow, like this is really cool. And there's so many people and so many things. And like, I'm a people person and I love being around all the volunteers. And it's so cool to share the passion that when I, when I first started working there, I mean, my, Obviously, with any new position, it's a learning curve. And I had the ability to work under um, a couple managers before I kind of in- evolved into that role. And, like, I just I just watched and learned and took everything in and, and just – I mean, when I came up with different ideas, it was more like moving with technologies, mm-hmm. progressive movement of getting, like, updated ticketing systems and mm-hmm. updating our entry system and stuff, like databases that – it's a small, like – group of 
software companies that even cater to fairs and festivals such as ours, but we are part of a international fair convention. I mean, our little Frederick County Fair is not so little compared to other fairs. Um, and we've even won awards like internationally. And I just think it's so cool and like a claim to fame for Frederick that not a lot of people know. So I was just trying to think of even like using social media, just ways to get it out there and let people know all the things that we're doing. So I don't think I viewed it that way at first, but I was glad that I was so interested and involved that I learned and picked stuff up that I didn't even know would help me later, you mm -hmm. know, in my career. Amanda, kind of the same thing with you. When you got into the state's attorney's, like, were there things that you said, I want to change? You take sort of the lay of the land, you see how things are going. Were there ideas that you had to kind of change things in the office? I don't think anything with the office. I mean, this, the state's attorney's office, I think, has has been running wonderfully, obviously, since um, since I started. I don't think that anything with um, making change, I think responding to change is what we do a lot of. Um, we have to respond to the new electronic system that everything is now filed electronically um, through a, a computer electronic system, so there's no paper anymore. So it's responding to that or responding to new laws. How are we going to implement this in the courtroom? Um, I personally love who I uh, not only work with, work for. Our division works so well as a team um, because that's what we do. We deal with each of us individually deal with hundreds of cases a week um, in district court. So we really do rely on each other. And I think that that's what's stressed um, in our job is teamwork. And we can definitely see that when we work stronger as a team, more comes out of it. Um, but no, I think our job is more responding to the laws that are being implemented, um, but also just trying to make change in the community. I know Karen touched on this too, but I do feel rewarded in my job because each and every day I'm affecting people lives um, obviously with the heroin epidemic and things like that responding to the new laws opportunities treatment centers programs um, you know I know that I'm a prosecutor but I also care about people's lives and how it affects this community so um, I think all of that is important in how you respond uh, to what's coming in I think we have to take a break um, not that we want to take a break we love talking to you you've fine, you. lovely <laughs> people. This has been amazing so far, but uh, I know that we have to take a break. So we're going to take a break real quick and then we'll be right back. Almost 1,000 Frederick County youth are homeless and not sure where they'll be sleeping tonight. SHIP, a nonprofit serving homeless youth, wants to put those numbers to rest. And you can help during their fall fundraising campaign. The culmination of the campaign is an event for the entire family. Join SHIP and Mattress Warehouse on October 13th for a mega sleepover at Tuscarora High School. The night includes dinner, music, karaoke, games for all ages, a movie, silent disco, and a bedtime story. Donate to SHIP today and get more details at ShipSleepover.com. That's ShipSleepover.com. Okay, and we're back. Um, I, I wanted to touch on something that you guys already mentioned briefly earlier, Emma did, uh, and that's sort of age and, and working. We'll start with you, Karen, because I, I've been um, at the fairgrounds with you guys mm -hmm. a bit, and you, you do work mostly. Are there many people your age you work with? No. Okay, so, <laughs> <laughs> and you're in a position of power, correct? I'm the executive assistant, so I assist the board and oversee the office and the maintenance. Executive yeah. and overseas, pretty powerful. Mm -hmm. Those are two powerful words. So do you ever run into conflict when it comes to like, you know, maybe you're working with somebody twice your age or somebody who is significantly older than you? Did Have you ever felt sort of, you know, talked down to or anything like that? Honestly, no. I feel like for maybe for some of my employees, it was 
weird at first to know that your your boss is going to be younger than you, but the the cool thing about my job is that every single thing that we do is built as it is a teamwork like you said earlier um the, so everything that we do is is everyone has their own certain things that they, like their niche and their department so, so to speak I mean, we only have five people in the office that <laughs> that mm-hmm. plan stuff but um the board members and everybody like they have their own departments and things that they kind of manage themselves and i oversee all of that so i view it a lot more as a as a team effort and not me directing or bossing. I d- there's mm-hmm. nothing that I can do and make happen that I can do without the rest of my staff. So I kind of view it more as a, a team effort and everything that we do, we work together cooperatively and having an, a small staff, but responding the fair, you know, all the, there's over 5,000 exhibitors and exhibits that we manage and the different vendors, over hundreds of vendors that come in and the livestock people and the superintendents. So everyone in our office has to know a little bit about everything. So as far as like being talked to, I don't feel like that's ever happened. I probably didn't really help. No, that's okay. That's okay. Lucky for me, um, I feel like we're all getting along really well. And I think everyone's open to opinion. It's all about delivery and approach and Mm -hmm. And working and making sure that they know that you're there as a team, that you're not really. And I, I would hope that I would view that my entire life, even when I become the person that's older in the same position, that I'm not directing or talking down to people as a supervisor or a boss, that I'm working with people to work on their strengths and weaknesses and all come up with what we can do to make things better as a whole. Amanda? And yeah, and yeah, when Amanda started, you were, I think, younger or one of the youngest yeah and actually I, I was thinking about it too with respect of when I graduated from law school a lot of people go right into doing uh, a judge uh, clerkship or th- something like that I went right into private practice so I started when I was about 25 26 years old um, starting as private practice family law you know first chair on cases uh, with this so I I had to learn that it really came down to me. I'm the one that if I wasn't, if I was insecure in what I was talking about or didn't feel as though I, you know, understood the law going into, you know, a private practice hearing or something like that, um, people can definitely tell. And I realized immediately that in my profession, it's all about preparedness, confidence moving forward. Um, And I think that if you're able to understand exactly what you're doing, doing the research, putting in the time, um, it really shows because then you're more confident about what you're doing, what you're talking about. But it takes time to get there. Um, when I was you know, starting in the legal field uh, in the firm that I worked at, I could definitely tell that people knew that I was new um, because of uh, the fact that I was just coming in. But once I had the ability and put in the time and energy to learn exactly what I was doing, understanding the process, procedures, um, people can tell because that's exactly what you exude um, when you're in court or talking to people or in mediations or things like that. So um, I think I learned that early on. And then it's just putting in the time and effort and energy. You know, And when I became a prosecutor, I you know, promised on day one that I would be working my tail off. And that's what I do. And I, you know, as long as you understand what you're doing, put in the time and energy and be prepared. I think that just shows when you're, for me at least, in the courtroom. Yeah, and Karen talked earlier about the importance of, you know, a younger person believing in themselves and having that, you know, confidence. Would you say most of your confidence or you get more confidence in something just by 
knowing in your head that you really put in the effort to learn about that thing, that you're really prepared, you it's, know? Yeah, effort and understanding. Mm-hmm. I mean, that just, as long as you know you've done everything in your power to research, to prepare, to read up on, to understand, it just shows when you're uh, coming forward in your job or in anything that you do in life. And I think that that's just really important and something that I learned early on in my career because coming in as a young attorney, um, I know that especially when I was in private practice, people, you know, chew on that if they can. And um, so I think I learned that quick. And it's just I from day one, I know that if I have a case, I'm going to understand it, I'm going to know it, I'm going to prepare. And then um, hopefully in the end, it'll come out showing that. Karen, we'll, we'll start. I want uh, this question will go for both of you guys. Do you have role models? Has, has there have there been people you guys have tried to model your careers after uh, people you've looked up to in doing what you do? We'll start with you, Karen. Yeah, um, I don't necessarily even have one particular person. Uh, the cool thing about having so many, there's 13 board of directors on the fair, and the cool thing is they're all different. They all have different experiences and backgrounds, and it's learning pieces of each one and modeling like sample, like a piece from them, a piece from this, and a piece from that to put together what I kind of want to become. But also, um, we're part of that international uh, fair industry um group and in that there's a young professionals group and so it's been helpful because they they partner you with people when you go out to these conventions and it's it's really neat because there's there's people around our uh in within the fair industry that I've looked up to one particular person is um Marty Sfircheck and he's actually the manager at Montgomery County Fair and he's just been you know being in the area and knowing our fair and being to our fair like he's been helpful to call and ask questions or bounce ideas off of. And I think that there's a lot of people in our industry that are like that. And so I haven't really necessarily modeled off of any one particular, but kind of used all of their things to create like the perfect, what I would want to become by using the strengths of everyone and together, I guess. Okay. Amanda? I agree. I think that there's you know, everyone is made up of different pieces in terms of their personality. But I would have to say, you know, obviously, like my mom, my aunt's a professor in um, a college, and she's just so strong and knows, you know, so many people and just brings groups together and always has instilled in me how important that is um, to reach out to others and to get different opinions. I have a group of high school friends that always keeps me grounded. um, And they're great people, too, to bounce ideas off of, to get perspectives that I wouldn't necessarily see because they're not in the legal field. Um, So they're important to have in my life. Um, And then obviously in the legal field, I've still keep in touch with people from private practice. I've had the judges that I clerked with back in law school that I can ask advice for. And then I really do look up to so many people at the state's attorney's office because they have that experience. I mean, these people, some of them have been doing it 10, 20, 30 years um, of prosecutor experience. And it's just so nice to have the opportunity to reach out to so many different people. Um, But there's definitely so many mentors in that office I couldn't even, you know, name. And I think, too, you know, Charlie Smith has done a great job of mentoring um, young attorneys and giving us the opportunity to second chair on cases, uh, not only with him, but with other, you know, deputy state's attorneys as well. And to have that opportunity at such a young age is great. And that's what um, he has instilled in us. So I look up to him for being able to, um, you know, take that leap of faith in us and uh, being able to show how hard, you know, we will be able to work for this community. It's very, very hard to 
you know, jump in a time machine and go 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now. But is the careers that you guys have right now, are these things you want to stick with? Do you see yourself wanting to do anything else? Is perhaps, you know, having a family in the cards at any point? Do you want to go first? <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, I hope to still be in my same career. Um, like, I, I just, I feel like I just keep saying the same thing, but I really, I really do believe in the mission of the fair and the, the, community togetherness that it brings every year and um this is our 156th year so hopefully it continues to grow and as the industry changes and you know technology and different things like we try to showcase that each year so i think it's something that we can continue to grow and it's i don't feel like even if i maybe topped out in the position that i can be in i don't feel like i've ever topped out in opportunities and options to bring new things to the fair and I also just to kind of touch back about the being young I think a lot of a lot of people I mean in some cases you'll find people that are like threatened by the young blood coming into organizations but I just want to go back and say that I think that particularly in the ag industry and I could imagine it's probably the same in like the legal world like a lot of the people that you look up to and that you know are older and eventually they're not going to be, like be in their same position. So I think that a lot of people embrace um, young business professionals as long as you're not coming in as like some sort of know-it-all and <laughs> acting like you're going to change everything in one swoop. I think that they w they want people to be younger and be invested because like for the, I mean, just speaking to the fair, like my grandparents were involved in the fair, their grand like every, it's been passed down that that love and that passion for it. And so I think that people are are glad to see new blood come in and new ideas and to change with the times and to just keep growing and developing that. So, and I hope to have a family soon. I just got married last year. Yeah, yeah congratulations. congratulations. Thank yeah. you. So um, we're actually about to celebrate our one year, but he was in the military for five years. So we're probably going to wait a little bit down the road for children. But I don't know. I guess we'll just play it by ear and see what happens. But <laughs> I think I can balance both. We're a very uh, small office, and they, you know, our our board believes in families. And you could bring the children in every day to the office. <laughs> I think that everybody would love that. I mean, yeah. so yeah, I, I mean, that's that's that. like a barrier for a lot of young professional women who are looking at families. But you know, in your case, you kind of are in a situation where you feel like you could balance, which I think is really unique. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that that was one of the things that I did see in private practice. I mean, that's a, that world is billable hours. That is a whole different world that you have to keep up with. And actually, in my profession, a lot of people uh, normally start out being prosecutors and then going into private practice. I actually started in private practice and then became a prosecutor um, after that. And I think that that's unique in the sense of I've already seen that world. Um, and even though it did have its perks in being in uh, the private world, it really wasn't for me. And I, you know, thank my lucky stars that I got this job with the state's attorney's office. And I really see how family life is important. And it is encouraged. It is something that is such a positive um, thing in our world um, that that's why I want to stay. It's important to have that family life. And I think that it needs to be encouraged. And that's where 
that's where I see it at the state's attorney's office and that's where I want to stay. So hopefully I'll be a career prosecutor and then, um, you know, be able to have that family life as well. And I think that the work-life balance is something that's really important. And again, when I was in private practice life, it just, I saw, you know, I could do that, but I just felt like I wouldn't be able to have uh, the time and the, um, the energy at the end of the day to be able to devote to a family. And this provides me with the opportunity to not only make a difference in the community, but also um, to have that work-life balance as well. Well, what do you think, Emma? I think that's it. You think that's <laughs> it? See, this has been illuminating for me. My uh, legal knowledge is extends to watching The Good Wife. That's all that I know. That's one of my favorite television <laughs> I shows. I still watch Law & Order. It's yeah, fine. So that's Law & Order. It's my favorite show ever. <laughs> even, I, though I, even though I do it every day and I'm in the courtroom, I still like watching yeah. Suits, Law & Order, anything like that. Is did you watch The Good Wife? I did not, actually. Oh, that's, it good? that's disappointing. That's good. Oh, it's really that's one of my favorites. Really? really? I go home is. and watch the newsroom, so I understand. No one knows that reference, but it's a TV show <laughs> about journalists. Well, it's, isn't it canceled by now? Isn't it yeah, off? It's yeah, like it's like super canceled, but I have the DVD. I have the DVDs, too, of The Good Wife. I mean, yeah. <laughs> there you go. So this has been great. Thank you so much for coming by and talking to us. No, thank you so much for the opportunity. So we just had a really interesting conversation with Amanda and Karen. And, um, you know, made me think about McKinsey, the consulting firm, has this report it puts out every year. And that report um, from 2017 says... Women remain underrepresented at every level in corporate America, despite earning more college degrees than men for 30 years and counting. There is a pressing need to do more, and most organizations realize this. Company commitment to gender diversity is at an all-time high for the third year in a row. And yeah, they're talking about corporate you know, uh, America, which is very different than, you know, what Karen's talking about. And even for Amanda, you know, she's in the legal field. But, um, you know, I think it's interesting that they didn't really say they experienced all that much discrimination, but, you know, it is something that a lot of women do experience. Yeah, and it's something that's at the forefront of sort of popular culture right now, I think. So right? much conversation yeah. about it. Yeah, so it's it's nice. I mean, on some level, you know, it's good to to talk to women who have had positive experiences in this sense because it seems like, you know, and studies prove that that's not the case for everybody and sort of the problem has grown and grown. Right. And when I was finding guests for today, I wanted them to be just two women who were, you know, having careers in Frederick mm -hmm. and not necessarily, you know, a survivor or maybe like a feminist activist or something like that, you know, really hear from these women who are working in their everyday lives. Now, you did you this the idea for this podcast was yours. Now, what sort of inspired it? Why was this a podcast sort of that you wanted to? head up yeah I mean I, I'm anyone who knows me I'm 23 I'm a woman um <laughs> <laughs> you're 23 and a woman yeah, okay so I mean it's something that I'm personally really interested in I think every time I hear a woman's story especially you know someone more prominent someone who's had a great career and kind of how they started out those have been really inspiring for me and I wanted you know other people and particularly in Frederick who are maybe younger and thinking what am I going to do and even thinking I'm going to leave Frederick these two women have had you know are having and have had these really successful careers right here in Frederick and they've done it despite you know whatever barriers might have existed or whatever barriers other women or young women in the county might feel exist 
you've only been here a short amount of time, but have you heard of any stories around town of discrimination by chance? Um, I mean, I think when I talk to young high school girls, you know, you'll hear a little bit about um, what their experiences is, is like. And um, that's interesting. I forgot. I forget when we do this podcast that your actual job is the education reporter. Yeah. <laughs> So when you when you do talk to to girls or young women, like is this something that's a conversation? I mean, young people today are just so plugged into what's going on politically more than any I would say, and this has been said any generation before them to some degree. And you know, when you're looking at school safety, you can talk to a young fourteen year old who has a lot to say about guns, school safety who has a lot to say about politics. I mean, maybe that's always been the case, but just seems like more so than ever, young people are really becoming activists and really getting involved one way or another in the political and social conversation. And part of that has been Me Too, you know, the Weinstein effect, all these kinds of things. They're constantly in the news and young people are on Instagram and they know about it and they're actually, you know, pretty informed. So it's definitely something on their minds. That's interesting to me. I, we, when we sort of had the idea to do this together, one of the fun things about you and me is our difference in age. When I was in high school and I was in school, these were not topics of conversation. These were not things that were ever really discussed male or female on any level. Now you are, Young, significantly younger than, than <laughs> I. So when you were in high school, w- were these things discussed? I mean, no, but that was a while ago. <laughs> if that was a while ago. I mean, but I, I, I think it's it really in the fa- past few years has really, yeah. been, there's been a shift. And I mean, I think definitely in college, there were women carrying around mattresses, you know, kind of like when sexual assault and that Rolling Stone article and all that stuff happened where sexual assault on school on college campuses was like the biggest story of the time. Mm-hmm. That was when I was in college, you know, so definitely wow. in college, it was like sexual assault conversations were happening all the time. A prominent football player was accused of, you know, sexual assault at the time I went to the University of Michigan and that was huge. So it's really been a constant thing that that my friends and that has been on my mind for, you know, the past five, six years. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how how much the conversation continues. You know, like you said, it, it continues to evolve and it continues to grow. Um, it seems like something that at the like there's there's no turning back, you know, which is which is at least in my opinion, I think that that's a valuable thing to society to have these conversations, to have these things out there. So, you know, change can be at least discussed, if not, you know, sort of instituted. And I think it was interesting what these women said about just being younger and launching a career too. I think age plays a huge thing, plays a huge role in in how people experience. Yeah. Age, age is tough, especially when (laughs) my 23 year old co-host says high school is so long ago. And it makes me feel as though I'm a grandfather. But that's all the time that we have for today. Emma, this has been a lot of fun. Um, my name is Colin. Check us out on fnppodcast.com. What's your Twitter? My Twitter is Colin Padraic. That's my middle name, P-A-D-R-A-I-C. And apparently Emma didn't know that. <laughs> so what's your Twitter, Emma? Emma R. Kerr. See, what? My middle name's Rose. Rose, mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. That's good. My soon-to-be sister-in-law calls me MR. Oh. Don't start that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun. Check us out on Twitter because there's a lot on Twitter. Check us out on fmppodcast.com and fredericknewspost.com, I believe. We can we can 
we're going to have stuff up there anyway. So thanks, everybody, for listening. This is Frederick Uncut. We're out every Tuesday. We will see you next week. <laughs>